Savvy Media presents Kicking It with Kara. On today's podcast, we will be discussing the freedom of speech in the press. Hi, everyone. Kara coming at you. Today, we will be discussing freedom of speech in the press, on social media, whether or not the president has a right to step in, and how to spot fake news. So sit back, have a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Freedom to say, freedom to think, this is my lucky day. Freedom of thought, freedom of dreams, freedom to believe that we all can be kings. Freedom of speech, of the press, of association, of assembly and petition. This set of guarantees is protected by the First Amendment and comprises of what we refer to as freedom of expression. So freedom of expression refers to the ability of an individual or group of individuals to express their beliefs, thoughts, ideas, and emotions about different issues free from government's censorship. So this falls under Article 10 of the Human Rights Act. Everybody has the right to freedom of expression. There's five freedoms given here, and it protects freedom of speech, religion, press, assembly, and the right to petition the government. It is a fundamental human right the right to speak your mind freely on important issues in society. It allows you to access information, hold the powers that be to account, plays a vital role in a healthy development process of any society. Why do we have the First Amendment? Well, in democracies, the idea is that sovereignty rests with the citizens. So in order for that to be exercised effectively, the citizens have to be able to discuss things and they need to be able to do so freely without any interference from the government. So I think the freedom of the press is associated with that. And it's very easy to understand if you start thinking about it in those terms. The citizens can't know everything they need to know about the government And you need things like the press, newspapers, TV media, in order to help inform the people of that. Now, some people have asked, you know, what do you think the framers of the Constitution would think about the relationship between the President of the United States and the press today? Uh, I don't really think they would be all too happy because um, really freedom of the press is just that. But with this president in particular, there's always going to be an unhappiness um, because the press doesn't always have access to information and the government feels that they don't have the ability to function effectively. So right now between the president and the press, there's a lot of disrespect. 
Um, the president doesn't always seem to like the basic principles of freedom of speech. And he's trying to find ways to actually exercise censorship. Um, he was trying to pass a law to to censor NBC. Um, and basically his attacking of the press and press conferences and showing intolerance in society towards the points of view of the press in a way is a form of censorship. So let's take a listen to some of the clips and how he has tried to degrade the press and, and to censor them basically. It amazes me when I read the things that I read. It amazes me when I read the Wall Street Journal, which is always so negative. Uh, it amazes me when I read the New York Times. It's not even, I don't, I barely read it. You know, we don't distribute it in the White House anymore. And the same thing with the Washington Post. They are siding with, they are siding with China. They are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. They're siding with many others. China is the least of it. Uh, what do you say to Americans who are upset with you? over the way you downplayed this crisis over the last couple of months. Uh, we have it very much under control in this country. The coronavirus is very much under control in the USA. It's going to disappear. It's like a miracle. It will disappear. If you look at those individual statements, they're all true. Stay calm. Uh, it will go away. You know it, you know it is going away, and it will go away, and we're going to have a great victory. And it's people like you and CNN that say things like that, that... Uh, it's why people just don't want to listen to CNN anymore. And instead of asking a nasty, snarky question like that, you should ask a real question. Mr. President, you tweeted earlier linking the closing of the country to your election success uh, in, in November. Is this Easter timeline based on your political interests? Because you said that the media wants the country to remain closed to hurt your no, odds no, of being I think the media, yeah, I think there are certain people that would like it not to open so quickly. I think there are certain people that would like it to do financially poorly because they think that would be very good as far as defeating me at the polls. And I don't know if that's so, but I do think it's so that a lot of that there are people in your profession that would like that to happen. I think it's very clear. I think it's very clear that there are people in your profession that write fake news. You do. She does. There are people in your profession that write fake news. Nearly 200 dead, 14,000 who are sick, millions, as you witnessed, who are scared right now. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. I think it's a very nasty question, and I think it's a very bad signal that you're putting out to the American people. The American people are looking for answers, and they're looking for hope. Let me just say something. That's really bad reporting. These are very dishonest uh, media sources. They're very dishonest. And I have to say, I think with social distancing, that the media has been much nicer. I don't know what it is. All these empty, these in-between chairs. You're actually sitting too close. You should really, we should probably get rid of about another 75, 80% of you. I'll have just two or three that I like in this room. I think that's a great way of doing it. President Trump attacking the press, like we heard in that video, calling the reporters nasty, snarky, telling them they're terrible reporters. That's all part of him trying to censor the press. And the fact that he out and out announced that the Washington Post and the New York Times are not allowed in the White House is blatant censorship.
it's time to hear a little from Stephen Colbert. Later, later, same day, same interview, just later. Let's just say later. Trump reaffirmed his commitment to the First Amendment. It's frankly disgusting the way the press is able to write whatever they want to write. And people should look into it. Sir, for the record, people did look into it. In fact, we the people looked into it and thought, yeah, they should write whatever they want. But, so read it sometime. Very short read. But, evidently, him, the people, feels differently, tweeting, with all of the fake news coming out of NBC and the networks, at what point is it appropriate to challenge their license? Interesting question. I have two follow-ups. When is it appropriate for Twitter to deactivate the account of a president who doesn't believe in the First Amendment? Can that be yesterday? Could that... In 2017, President Trump threatened to revoke the broadcasting license for NBC because he didn't like the way they were talking about him, basically. Um, but a president can't do that. So former assistant general, former assistant general counsel for Turner Broadcasting, um, they said that the idea that somebody could take away a broadcaster's license because they don't like the freedom of their speech has to pass the hurdle of showing that they've done something objectionable under the rules of their license. They would also have to get past the First Amendment, which really is not possible. And um, the FCC chair at the time said that the FCC, under his leadership, will stand for the First Amendment, and under the law, the FCC does not have the authority to revoke the license of the broadcast station based on content of a particular newscast. Now, at the time, Nebraska Senator asked President Trump after his remark um, that if he thought... He said, are you going to recant the oath you took on January 20th to preserve, protect, and defend the First Amendment? Basically, there is no way that he could have take away the rights based on the First Amendment. Fake news is nothing new. Bogus stories can reach more people more quickly via social media than emails could in years past. Many of these claims are not new at all. They are fiction, satire, or efforts to fool the reader into thinking they are real. So you need to ask yourself, are you familiar with the source? Is it legitimate? Has it been reliable in the past? Now, did the headline draw your attention? If so, you may need to make sure you read further because the headline does not always tell the whole story. Fake news can reveal signs in the text. For instance, check the byline. Is there even a byline? In some cases, the authors are not even real. 
One story was credited to a doctor who won 14 Peabody Awards and a handful of Pulitzer Prizes. Which would be very impressive if it wasn't also totally made up. Many times these bogus stories will cite official or official-sounding sources, but once you look into it, the source doesn't back up the claim. Some false stories aren't completely fake, but rather distortions of real events. These mendacious claims can take a legitimate news story and twist what it says, or even claim that something that happened long ago is related to current events. One deceptive website took a story that was over a year old from CNN and slapped on a new, misleading headline and publication date. So on top of the deception, there was copyright infringement. Remember, there is such a thing as satire. Normally it's clearly labeled as such, and sometimes it's even funny. But it isn't the news. And then there's the more debatable forms of satire, designed to pull one over on the reader. These posts are also designed to encourage clicks and generate money for the creator through ad revenue. But they aren't news. We know this is difficult. Confirmation bias leads people to put more stock in information that confirms their beliefs and discount information that doesn't. But the next time you're automatically appalled at some social media post concerning, say, a politician you oppose, take a moment to check it out. Try this simple test. What other stories have been posted to the news website that is the source of the story that just popped up in your social media feed? You may be predisposed to believe a story about a politician you don't like, but if the alleged news site also features a story about guardians from Antarctica retaliating against America by hitting New Zealand with an earthquake, maybe you should think twice before sharing. And yes, that earthquake story is a real example of a fake story that popped up. We know you're busy, and some of this debunking takes time, but fact-checkers get paid to do this kind of work. Between factcheck.org, snopes.com, the Washington Post fact-checker, and politifact.com, it's likely at least one has already fact-checked the latest viral claim to pop up in your social media newsfeed. And remember, newsreaders themselves remain the first line of defense against fake news. Now we hear a lot of talk about fake news. Everything appears to be fake news. Now fake news has existed for a while. Um, but the best way to check fake news is to Go to some things like factcheck.org, snopes.com, PolitiFact, or Washington Post Fact Checker. That's what they do. They go on and they, like factcheck.org, they check the factual accuracy of what is said by major U.S. political players in their TV ads, their debates, their speeches, their interviews, and their press releases. PolitiFact.com, their staffers research statements and their rate their accuracy on a truthometer from true to false. So if you ever have questions about whether something is true or it's fake news, just go on and look it up. Facebook, Google, and Twitter have announced new efforts to stop the spread of fake news. Twitter has amped up its mute and report functions to slow dissemination of fake news. But you shouldn't leave it up to these big websites to perfectly curate all your news to you all the time. Here are a few easy ways to spot fake news. 1. Double check the URL. Some fake sites look like they have legit URLs. 
But take a closer look. This site tries to fool readers into thinking it's ABC News, but the web address is a few letters off. It was abcnews.com.co instead of abcnews.go.com, the real one. .co is the country code for Columbia. Two, does the photo you're looking at seem photoshopped or unrealistic? It could be. Drag and drop the photo you're looking at into Google Images, and it can help you verify the original source of the image. Three, can you identify the original source of the information in the story? Check that source against other sources. If other reputable news outlets haven't picked up the story, it's likely you're looking at fake news. Here are some sites we've seen deliver fake news. Four, think about installing a Chrome extension to help you detect fake news. The plugin called FIB, Stop Living a Lie, was recently developed by four Princeton University students and can help you determine the validity of some news links. The plugin purports to verify pictures, text, tweets, and embedded links. It also checks the site for malware and dead links. Other Chrome extensions like BS Detector and Fake News Alert say they do similar things. Before you send an article to all your friends on social media, consider visiting ideas one through four. You'll thank us later. I want to move on to social media since it's so popular right now. Now the question is, is social media safe under the First Amendment? Um, can it be censored? Let's take a listen to a really interesting clip that I found. Many people are complaining about being kicked off social media platforms, either because of particular posts or because of a series of posts. And the question arises, do you have a right not to be kicked off Facebook, Twitter, etc.? My name is Nadine Strassen. I am a professor of law at New York Law School, and for many years I was the head of the American Civil Liberties Union. So the answer to the question, do you have a right not to be kicked off a social media platform is no, you have no such right. Many people are shocked to learn that the First Amendment free speech guarantee, along with all constitutional rights, only protects us against the government. So if the government interferes with your freedom of speech, you can bring a First Amendment lawsuit to challenge that. And that's true whether we're talking about a federal government official or a state or local government official. But guess what? Facebook, Twitter, the other social media platforms are not the government. They are private sector entities and therefore they have no First Amendment obligation to protect your freedom of speech. To the contrary, they have their own First Amendment rights, their media right. So just as the New York Times or CNN or any other traditional media uh, platform has no obligation to host your particular message. The same is true for social media. And this is of great concern because as a practical matter, the social media have become the dominant platform for the exchange of information and ideas. In fact, the U.S. Supreme Court recognized in a unanimous opinion in 2017 
that the social media platforms are the most important platforms for the exchange of information and ideas and communication, not only among all of us as individuals with our friends and family members, but also between us and government officials and politicians. So it's really important not only for our individual freedom of speech to be meaningful, but also for our rights as citizens in a participatory democracy to have equal access to social media platforms. That is why so many people, so many government officials, uh, so many human rights agencies and activists are thinking very hard and working to implement other ways to protect equal and fair access to social media platforms for all of us, even if our ideas are unpopular or controversial. So, in a nutshell, do you have any constitutional First Amendment free speech right to air your views on any social media platforms? The answer is no. My name is Nadine Strassen, professor of constitutional law, former head of the ACLU. Thanks for watching. Okay, now, there have been many First Amendment issues that have come out of communications with social media, networking sites like Facebook and Twitter. Um, things like employees have been disciplined for social media posts. Um, they have been... Schools can punish kids for posting things on YouTube when they're outside of school. Um, I'm not really sure how this type of thing should be handled. Um, I mean, the First Amendment law is extended to school officials, but should they be able to regulate what a child does off of campus? These are some things that need to be taken into consideration. I mean, there are some pros and cons of this type of censorship. I mean, some of the pros would have things like it would create common sense limits. I mean, there's a lot of content on the internet that nobody should ever see. I mean, and that all can start with a really good conversation. It would help to prevent fake news. It would help false advertisement. Um, maybe it would help with the dark web, which is really kind of shady. Um, but there are also sites that are really easy to find that are dedicated to illegal acts, um, child pornography, it's very easy to accidentally come across those types of things. Um, there might be less identity theft if there's less content on the internet that requires identity information. That would be some of the pros to it. Some of the cons of internet censorship, um, it restricts too much information. It's entirely possible that real information could be getting blocked along with fake information. I mean, how would you know? And then again, who's in charge of it? Who's making these rules? Where do we find the checks and balance system for this? And internet censorship not only limits the content you can access, but it potentially the content you post as well. So who's going to decide on that?
It's just some things to think about. But from my point of view, just an observation, since platforms don't generally create their own content, they contend that they are not responsible for what users produce and thus exempt from libel, defamation, and other laws and regulations that govern traditional media like newspapers and television. So in other words, they're platforms for free speech and assume no responsibility for what their users communicate. There's, there's one thing I really want to talk about um, because it's come up a lot lately, and that is the right to videotape police. Um, with the protests and a lot of things you've been seeing on social media lately, are you allowed to do it? Are you not? Should it be censored? Should it not be censored? So the question becomes, are you allowed to take videos or pictures of the police, especially in Pennsylvania, since that's where we're at right now. So when I did some research on that, I found out that when you are in outdoor public spaces, you have the right to capture any image that is in plain view. Uh, that includes pictures and videos of federal buildings, transportation facilities, including airports and police officers. When you are on private property, the property owner sets the rules whether you can take the videos or not. Police should not order you to stop taking pictures or videos. Under no circumstances should they demand you delete your photographs or your video. Uh, police officers may order citizens to cease the activities they are truly interfering with legitimate law enforcement operations. Um, if they say that they will arrest you, if you continue to use your camera, put it away, but then you are supposed to call the ACLU for help because they're not allowed to do that. If you're using a video recorder, um, maybe your cell phone or something like that, again, you do have the right to do that. You have the right to record what people are saying. Uh, Pennsylvania's wiretap law makes it illegal to record private conversations um, without the consent of all parties. Conversations with police in the course of their duties are not private conversations. You can record people protesting or giving speeches in public. So if somebody, if a police officer tries to tell you that you're not allowed, you are protected um, under the Constitution to be able to videotape a police officer. However, that does not mean you should be rude or ignorant. You should still be very polite. You should not resist the police officer fig physically. Um, if they ask you to politely put the camera down, there's no reason you should not do that. Then go ahead and do that. Again, you don't want to try to resist anything. You will only make things worse. Thank you everyone for joining me today as we discussed freedom of speech in the press, on social media, and how to spot fake news. I want to leave you with the words of John Mellencamp's song that has been playing throughout this podcast. Freedom of speech.
freedom to say, freedom to think, this is my lucky day, freedom of thought, freedom of dreams, freedom to believe that we all can be kings. Freedom is yours, freedom is mine, freedom of speech, so I can write down these lines. If you and I agree, hold out your hand to me, we will share our freedoms with friends and family. Freedom to say, freedom to think, this is my lucky day. Freedom of thought, freedom of dreams, freedom to believe that we all can be kings.